0: 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Life for you may be full of joy and delight, and this is the best season you've ever had. Or... You may find that your life has some pretty significant disappointments and fear. You may face challenges and hardships at every turn. In fact, I know that this is true for many of you. But what if there is more happening than you can see right now? What if God has a surprise in store for you that you have not yet discovered? What if his redeeming work has already begun, even though you currently feel helpless? You see no way for the wrongs to be made right. I am not suggesting that you will suddenly find things to be easy or comfortable. But I'm talking about mysterious provisions that help you love better, think more clearly, provisions that bring order into your chaos, and things that help you make a divine difference in the setting where God has placed you. When we enter the Emmaus Road, we find two people who are on their way from Jerusalem back to their home in Emmaus. It's about seven miles. They are talking. Some translations even say that they are arguing. And they are dealing with and handling, trying to figure out the happenings that have been occurring in their nation and thus in their life they are overwhelmed, and they are discouraged. They have been taught to believe since childhood. From the earliest days, they knew that they needed to pray for a Messiah and that that Messiah should come and set them free from Roman rule. And in the last few years, they have begun to hope. They have begun to think that maybe this man named Jesus who was remarkable. This man who, in their words, he was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people. They, along with many others, had begun to hope that Jesus was in fact going to be their ticket to freedom. Luke is the author who sets this scene, and he leaves the story wide open for us to enter in. Every one of us can enter into their walk, their path, their steps. They had become hopeful in Jesus that Jesus maybe would be the one to bring them strength, meaning, protection, and provisions. And we all can relate to that, can't we? The fact that you are here today tells me that, one, either somebody drug you here, or some part of you hopes that in Jesus there are answers. Some part of you hopes that in Jesus there are the provisions that you so desperately need. Something within you longs to believe that he is enough. And yet, many of you have also experienced overwhelming setbacks. I probably won't feel this way next hour, and I won't say this. But as I look at you right now, I know so many of your stories. We are so focused on worship on Sunday mornings that rightly, we look pretty put together. But we are not. So many of you face things that are so hard. The people in this story, just three days before they were walking this road, all their faith was shattered. They were forced to give up hope that Jesus could save them because he was cruelly killed. It's very possible that they stood and watched it. They know he is dead as they walk along this road. And so we enter their story where they are overwhelmed with fear, confusion, and sorrow. What they had hoped for had not come true. And so they were heading home In utter discouragement, hope smashed around their feet, each step away from Jerusalem. But as they walked home, they were in for a surprise. Jesus himself showed up on their path. Now, they didn't recognize him. They didn't realize that everything was already in motion for their lives to be changed forever. They just knew they felt hopeless, and they felt angry and betrayed. They thought that their future was scary and impossible, even though he was right beside them. Now it would seem that if Jesus was willing to walk with them, And give them hope that he would have have arrived with them on the path a little bit more like, Hey guys, it's me! I'm alive! Look! Don't be downcast! Don't be sad! I'm here! I'm alive! But he didn't. Instead, he took a very surprising approach much like the way he lived his life on earth. He used normal human dialogue to begin a normal human relationship with them before he offered them anything more. When I say normal human, human, I'm picking those words on purpose because face-to-face conversation and connection were part of God's original plan in the Garden of Eden. That is the true normal. So without fanfare or a parade, he simply slipped alongside them on the path. He walked with them. He, who knows our minds and hearts, he listened to them for a bit. And then he asked them, why are you concerned? He cared for them. He listened to them even though they did not know he was listening. They didn't know that Jesus was listening. It didn't feel like Jesus was listening. So they were getting divine help in a form that looked very ordinary. He seemed like just a plain person, a stranger at that. We don't have enough information to know why they couldn't recognize him. But in Mark, we're told that he had a different form. And their experience was not unique. Mary Magdalene talked with him without recognizing who he was until he said her name. And the disciples thought he was a ghost when he slipped into their meeting room. So even those who knew him best Something made it hard for them to see it was Jesus. He looked different than they expected. Surprise! This passage suggests to us that things are not always as they seem. It reminds us that Jesus can show up in our daily lives any way he pleases. And we may not recognize him, but our inability to recognize him doesn't mean he isn't there. Sometimes, though, it is as if he hides. I wonder why he hides. I think for them on this day One of the reasons that he hid in plain sight was that he was preparing them for his departure. He wanted so much for them to be okay when he returned to the Father. So he was coaxing them along. It was time for them to learn that he could be trusted even when he couldn't be seen. Because God had a huge surprise in store for them wait for it, they never dreamed of it. They didn't have any idea it would come this way. But God intended to give them the Holy Spirit, who would not be visible in the normal human way, but he would always be present, always, with every one of us because he would live within us. So Jesus was teaching them that his appearance and presence might look very different than what they, we, might expect. So how did they figure out it was Jesus? Let's go back into the story. It's Luke 24, if you're not watching. He started revealing himself through conversation Remember, he asked them, what concerns you? He also asked them, what's going on? Isn't this cool? I find this very delightful. I love it that Jesus, who already knew, said to them, tell me what concerns you. Tell me what's going on in your life. What an amazing model for prayer. My friends, if you don't know how to pray, just tell him what concerns you and what's going on. You may want to do that at the altar. That conversation, even though they just believed was with a normal human, was part of the way that God revealed himself. And some of you right now are saying, yeah, well, Judy, I've already done that. I've done plenty of telling God what concerns me and I've done plenty of telling him what's going on and he still seems invisible to me and I still don't see an answer. Keep talking with him. Don't give up. Don't turn away. His timing is not always our timing. Our timing is not always his timing, but the conversation, the prayer, it matters. Don't give it up. A second thing that he did was he did it in a fairly blunt way, but he called them to increase their faith. Luke describes them as long faced, like they had lost their best friends, but Jesus described them as foolish and slow to believe. He didn't identify their sorrow as a result of bad circumstances, but rather as weak faith. He seems to be asking, why didn't you believe the report from the women? I've already let you know I'm gone. Why can't you believe? Os Guinness helps us understand this. He talks about doubt that comes from wounds. Imagine for a minute that I have a deep cut in my hand. It goes very deep. It has not begun to heal. And imagine then that I take my arm and I try to pick up this Kleenex box, and let's pretend it's heavy. And as it sits on that wound, what am I gonna do? I'm Gonna drop it. The wound makes it so hard to hang on. That's true with our faith. When we have a wound, And the two on the road had a wound, and many of you have wounds. It is so difficult to pick our faith back up and hold on to faith when what we thought you should be doing in our lives and around us, you've not done. When you seem to be gone, when we can't see you, it's hard to hang on to faith. But I think he's saying to us, hang on to whatever I've already given you, even if you have to do it with your fingertips. Hang on to the faith that you already have and you can count that your faith will grow. And then there was another way that he brought them to help them know it was him. And the next way was scripture. He opened the scripture for them. He had been talking to them for three years. They'd had the delight of just listening to him directly, and they loved to listen to him. We see it through all of the the New Testament. He knew his voice would be moved from them, and he had to take them back to the Word and say, Remember, I've already spoken to you. You will see me as you immerse yourself in the word that I've already given you. The scripture matters if we are to see Jesus. And then finally, and this to me is the big surprise, this one is like, really? All these helps, a dialogue, a call to faith, the scripture, They were preparing, those two, for the final full reveal. And you may wonder how another simple, human, normal activity can possibly reveal Jesus. But this is where their eyes were opened. At a meal. At the table. When he, invited by them into their homes, sat down at supper with them and when he took the bread and blessed it and broke it, that's when they saw Jesus. Now, a lot of people believe that this is symbolic of communion, and it certainly, certainly represents that, but I believe it's more than that. I believe that Jesus wanted to show us that every time we sit at table with one another, he is present what a tangible gift he has given us to let us remember that three times a day for us as north americans or 15 if you're on the right kind of diet all of us every time we eat need to know that just as god has provided the sustenance the resources for our body to survive and thrive. Just as much, he is willing to feed our soul. He dwells within us. And I believe that Jesus partly revealed himself at the table because he wants us to know that he is with us more often than we eat. He is often invisible, but he is always with us. And he is doing more right now in your situation than you can see right now. There are things that God himself has already put in place. There are things that you have no clue about yet, but he is providing, just as he provided for the two on the road to Emmaus, and he is always with you, whether you can see him or not.